You're listening to the Black Sheep Talks podcast. My name is Karina Greco, and I am your host. I am an online coach, writer, storyteller, speaker, and podcast host. My mission is to help others manifest a life of travel, adventure, and financial freedom. I created this podcast as a platform that allows for raw and authentic conversations to be the norm. I will be diving into all sorts of topics, including manifestation, mindset, self-love, healing, personal growth, spirituality, relationships, travel, the super yacht industry, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I am passionate about sharing the life lessons that I've learned and how certain experiences have helped me grow and evolve in this lifetime. My aim is to inspire you to dive deep into your own personal growth and manifest a life you love too. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast, The Black Sheep Talks. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being here. If you guys already haven't left a review, I would so appreciate if you can do that at the end of this episode. Um, Please subscribe so that you stay tuned for more. And yeah, I'm really, really excited to have you guys here. I've been getting so much great feedback and I'm so excited to continue to share my experience with you guys within the yachting industry and to as well start to talk about topics that are outside of yachting on Fridays. So today we are going to be talking about my experience within the super yacht industry. And this is where I'm going to give you my two cents, a little bit about how it all was for me. I was in the industry for three years. Um, and I want to tell you guys my honest and raw experience so that you can feel prepared and ready to enter the industry, knowing what to expect. And of course, knowing that everyone's experience is different, but this is my own unique experience. And my aim is to just share with you guys as much wisdom, as much knowledge as I possibly can so that you feel more at ease when you do decide to break into yachting. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about that. So A lot of you guys have been following me for a while. Maybe you've read my Greenie Guide. Um, Within the Greenie Guide, it's my ebook that I've written. I share some of my stories and I talk about my experience. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a snippet on that. And if you guys did want to get to know me more and did want to read more about those stories and get more of a step-by-step process um, with tips and 10 steps um, and things that no one kind of tells you about the industry, things that you won't necessarily find on Google, you can go ahead and visit the show notes and grab my greenie guide. It is on sale 25% off only for a couple more days. So make sure you guys grab a copy Um, The discount code is SPRINGSALE in all caps. It'll give you 25% off and it's an absolute bargain and a steal. Um, A lot of people who have read it have found it really useful. So go ahead and get that if, yeah, you feel pulled. So let's talk a little bit about my experience. So when I first got into yachting, I was um, about 25 years old when I found out about the industry. Actually, I was younger. I was like 24. Um, I was living in Australia and I started doing all my research. Um, I went over to South Africa to do my courses. And then I flew over to Lauderdale to get into the industry. Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, biggest hub in Florida to start off during the Caribbean season. Um, I went there 
in about October, right before the boat show. Um, I already had my courses done, so I was pretty prepared, had everything in line. Um, the teacher in me, you know, likes to be productive and get all of my ducks in a row. So I did all of my courses like a year before, which I actually don't recommend doing. Um, and the reason for that is because um, you know, your courses do have an expiry date. So if you do do them like now and you don't decide to get into yachting for like two or three years, you've kind of wasted that certificate. So do bear that in mind if you're like one of those people who are like, oh my God, I want to do my courses and I want to like get everything done now. Um, sometimes it's best to just wait until you are ready to go over to the yachting hub to start your yachting journey or career. So that's just a little bit of advice for you there. So anyway, um, so my experience getting into it, um, I was completely like, I had no idea what I was getting into. And even though I had a friend in the industry that I'd picked his brain about everything, I'd asked him a hundred questions and probably annoyed him by the end of it. Um, I still didn't really feel super prepared because you don't really know what you're getting into until you're there. Like even when you do the courses and stuff, the SCCW doesn't really prepare you for what it's actually going to be like working as a yacht crew. Um, so that's just a little disclaimer. And that's exactly why I've put together my program and my mastermind to really help yacht crew feel super prepared, um, know all the strategy and really learn how to thrive on board because it's not as easy as it sounds. Like, you don't just go do your course or like just watch below deck and all of a sudden you know exactly what you're doing. Um, it takes a little bit of time to really get your foot in the door, to really understand what the industry is about and yeah, to really have a good experience in it. So with that said, my experience in yachting was not as smooth sailing as some other people. I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends have been very fortunate to find a job right away to get on a really good boat um, and all of that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, you know, there is the other side where you don't really get lucky. And I kind of had this like idea that everything was just going to like work out for me magically. And I was going to get my dream job and everything was going to be happy. But unfortunately, my experience took a different turn. So when I got to Fort Lauderdale, I had a great time. I stayed in a crew house. I was putting myself out there. I was doing everything that was necessary, you know, making sure my CV was updated, um, applying with the crew agencies, going for interviews. And mind you, I did kind of start doing that all the week I arrived, which was super overwhelming. I didn't really prepare. Um, and that's another thing that I do in my program is I give you cheat sheets on how to apply with career agencies, how to track your jobs, how to polish your CV, because these are all things I was like figuring it out figuring out as I went. And to be honest, I was like super overwhelmed. Like I remember just sitting in the crew house, like spending hours applying with career agencies, looking through jobs. Um, and I just felt really stressed out. Like I was like, I felt like there weren't enough hours in the day to do all of this, to then go like network, to, you know, take a day work opportunity. It was just really overwhelming. I probably spent my first two weeks in Fort Lauderdale doing all of this. Um, staying up super late and just like really stressing myself out. Like I wish I had someone who just literally handed me this ebook, handed me all of these um, Google Excel sheets with job trackers and career agency cheat sheets and all of the Facebook groups to join. Like if someone had literally handed that to me, I would have been like, yes, like this 
would have been perfect. And it's one of the reasons my experience started out pretty stressful because I didn't really prepare in that sense. And I just overwhelmed myself with everything. So yeah, after that, um, I was, you know, as well going out there, like I said, networking, trying to find day work. Um, and it was really, really competitive. Um, I was, a female trying to break into a male-dominated industry as a deckhand, which is a male-dominated role. So for any women out there who are thinking of going on deck, disclaimer, it is a competitive industry. And unfortunately, the industry does still favor hiring males over females on deck. Um, and, you know, that's not every boat. I, of course, ended up getting jobs as a deckhand and, you know, these boats obviously valued females. So I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just saying that it is a lot harder. And I was very adamant on becoming a deckhand. I didn't even look at stewardess positions. I really was just like, I don't want to be a stewardess. I really want to go and deck. I want to use my water sports experience. You know, I used to be a swim instructor, lifeguard. I kiteboard, I wakeboard, I surf, I dive, I do it all. So I'm like, I'm an asset to any yacht with this kind of experience. Um, and I was just like, not going to stop at anything until I found that position. But there were a lot of male deckhands and females as, as well looking for these entry level positions. So to be honest, like jobs would be coming up and there would be like hundreds of applicants applying. And of course, I would like hear crickets most of the time. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Like you can't get down on yourself when you're starting out. I get so many people that message me that are like, I'm getting rejected. I'm not, you know, hearing from jobs. Like there's hundreds of people out there who want to get into the industry who are applying for the same job as you. So do not take it personally. If you don't hear back, not every one is going to email every single person personally, especially if they are not going to put your CV forward. Unless they're going to put you forward, then you're going to hear from them. So it could feel a bit cutthroat at times because you don't really, you know, feel that you're valued or feel that anyone's even looking at you. But that is just the reality of it. It is competitive. You know, Below Deck has made the industry really glorified. It's made it seem like it's this like, you know, glorified, amazing job that everyone needs to have. And yes, it is an amazing job and it does give you wonderful pay and experiences. Um, but you know, that is the reason why it is, yeah, it is competitive. So going with that, yeah, I was, um, you know, looking for jobs and I actually ended up getting a call one afternoon that I was like walking, handing out stuff to the crew agencies, doing some interviews. Um, I ended up getting a call from a chief officer who had offered me some temp work in San Diego. So I was in Fort Lauderdale at the time and they had called me and said, we have this deckhand position. Um, it's a trial position for two weeks. You'll come over. We'll fly you over. They, of course, pay for your flight. That's the perks of yachting when they hire you, whether it's temp or, you know, a permanent position, they will pay for your flight. Um, and they said, of course, you know, two weeks, you will get paid X amount. Um, you know, you will get everything live aboard, food included, and you have to work for two weeks. And at the end of that two weeks, we'll pretty much let you know if uh, you are suited for the position. So I was like, okay, well, this is like my first deckhand position. Let's do it. Um, I did kind of get like a red flag vibe from the boat because one, the pay they were offering was super low. They were only offering like a hundred US a day, which is underpaid. Um, 
you know, some people might argue, oh, well, that's good. Like you should go for it. And especially when you're green and you have zero experience, just take what you can get. Um, and that's how I felt at the time. And to be honest, I was in the crew house and I was talking to other experienced yachties and I was just like, what should I do? Should I take this? Like, should I not? Um, and they were just like, you know what? Like, it's so flooded right now in Fort Lauderdale. You might as well just take this, have something to put on your CV, even if it's not a boat that you want to work on. You know, you make some money, you make like a couple grand and you can come back and have two weeks to put on your CV. And I was like, okay, like that sounds about right. And I was just like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. Um, so I accepted the job. I flew over to San Diego and, um, yeah, it was funny. Like I met one of my really good friends there, um, who was also competing for the job with me, which was hilarious. We were both like trialing. We were both green deckhands and yeah, we were both like after the first day. Um, so do you want this job? And he was like, no, I don't want this job. Do you want this job? I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm going to go back to Lauderdale. Like we both were just like, we did not want to stay on this boat. There were a lot of red flags. And of course the first indicator was the low pay. And we soon found out that there was like a hundred crew turnover on that boat. And for some of the reasons of like, you know, not having the best captain on board, um, that first captain, actually, it was like super horrifying. I remember I got on board, I got picked up at the airport. The chief officer was super nice. Um, but yeah, when we started work the next day, um, I got to move into like the guest cabin, which was super lush and amazing. Didn't have to share with anybody. Um, but yeah, the next day we had to be on deck. We had to be ready for work. Of course, you know, I was like on time and everything, um, dressed in the uniform. And I remember we were given the task to like, clean the fenders or something, blow them up and, and clean them and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then we had to do like a wash down as well because they were in the shipyard at the moment. Um, and I remember the captain like coming out and watching me, I guess I was washing the boat with a blue brush and a pole. And he came out to try to tell me um, how to wash the boat properly and that I wasn't doing it right. And of course, when you're green, you're always going to make mistakes. Like you don't, there's, it's like you're instructed one way to do it and one boat might teach you it to do it this way. Another boat might teach you to do it that way. But I had like zero experience. I was like completely new. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Just teach me how to do this, please. Um, but the way he had said it was so inappropriate. He had made like such an inappropriate sexual comment saying something along the lines like, well, you wouldn't want your boyfriend to feel you up this way, would you? You should hold the pole closer, something like that. Like I can't even remember, but it was just so inappropriate. It made me gag. Like I felt so uncomfortable. I was just like this old man. He was like older captain. And I was just like, oh, like my whole body just shook. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't stay on this boat. Like this is sexual harassment, like at its finest. And this is a warning to all women out there and men too, because I'm sure it happens to men as well. Like I'm not, obviously I'm not a man, so I don't know, but it is very, very prevalent in the yawning industry for captains to, you know, be very inappropriate and not just captains, other crew members, other superiors above you, so I had like a really uncomfortable situation with this. And I was like, this is not okay. Like this is a red flag. Like the pay was already a red flag and this is another red flag. And then um, after that as well, there was just other things. Like all the crew members were kind of like, you don't want to stay on this boat. Like this would be your, your worst first yacht experience. Um, you know, 
there's just too many red flags. So long story short, I ended up leaving that boat, not taking that job, going back to Lauderdale, staying in a crew house and, you know, just doing a bunch of different day work. Um, and it just never really worked out for me. Like I didn't find the right job. Um, you know, I accepted another one. I got on that boat and I was so excited. I'm like, Oh my God, deck stew position. Like I'll just take that because of course, like I said, it was kind of hard to find just a deckhand position. So at that point I was like, maybe I should just open myself up to being a deck stew to kind of, you know, doing both, seeing if I like one more than the other. And then later I can find a sole deckhand position once I have the experience, once I have my foot in the door. So yeah, I ended up accepting that position, moving on that boat, finding out it was like docked behind the owner's house. And the whole crew was kind of like, they didn't live aboard. They all were American. So they lived in Fort Lauderdale in their houses and apartments. So I had like moved on. Uh, I remember texting the officer just being like, Hey, like, what are we going to have for dinner? Um, can I just go in the fridge and whip something up? Or like, how does this work? Cause the chef wasn't on board. It was the weekend. And he was like, oh, well, actually, um, you have to just get your own food. And I was like, what do you mean I have to get my own food? He's like, yeah, we don't provide food for the crew. Only when we do like a trip, the chef that's on board will cook for you. And the rest of the time you have to like eat your own food. I was like, so you're saying that with the salary you're paying me, which was like 3000 US a month. That's kind of like entry level, which I thought was like, yeah, that's pretty decent for starting out. Sometimes they pay you like 2800 But I was like, now that I don't get food in that, I have to what go out to a restaurant every single day, three times a day to get food or buy my own groceries. Like that is another red flag. And again, this is a lesson learned of ask questions before you accept a job because you just don't know what you're going to get with some boats. And this was my mistake as a greenie was not asking enough questions, was just kind of like taking anything that was thrown at me and then finding out like, this isn't actually the job that I want. Um, another boat with red flags, like who the hell doesn't provide food for the crew? Like that is just screaming red flag that the owner is cheap, that they don't care. Um, and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to fucking order a pizza every day and eat McDonald's, which is unhealthy. And we were also in like um, you know, we were kind of north of Lauderdale where there was nothing around. We were like in this like golf course. Um, so I was like, it's not like I can really go anywhere and, you know, go somewhere for a cheap eat or do groceries. Like I have to Uber and spend $20 on an Uber to do that. It was just very inconvenient. And I literally was like, right. So I'm going to get an Uber back to the crew house. I'm not taking this job. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just not going to work with me because you know, by the end of it, my salary would be cut by like, who knows how much if I had to spend money eating every single day, um, and going out to eat. So yeah, my experience really consisted of these rocky experiences of, you know, filtering out these bad boats. Um, and then just like, just getting like really bad day work experiences and just really seeing, how many red flag boats there are out there. And this is why I'm so adamant on helping crew now, because I don't want you to have that same experience. I don't want you to get on a boat where you're not treated well, where you're not valued, where you're not even given food, like really. Um, so yeah, after that, like I said, I kept doing day work, but I was getting so exhausted. I was just like, I'm not finding a boat that is right for me. There's just so much competition. Um, and then I finally got like another two week, 
um, temp work experience where it was a trial period on a shadow vessel. And that was really great. I was like, oh, this actually can be good. It had like water sports. Um, and it was going really well. The captain was like ready to offer me the job. And then unfortunately at the end, one of the girls that was on there, she ended up deciding that she was going to stay because originally she was going to quit and leave. And then that meant that that position was no longer available for me. So it just kind of didn't work out. And I just thought, you know what? That's the universe saying that this job is not meant for you. It's not meant to be. Um, so you know what? That's it. Like something else will come. But at this point, I had been in Lauderdale for three months doing this day work, temp work. So this is my warning to you guys. It's not always like in the blink of an eye that you're going to get your permanent job. So for me, it took me months. And at this point, after months, I was like, it's February. The Caribbean season is already like ending. I'm kind of tired of spending my money on crew houses and doing day work. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go fly to the Dominican Republic, go kiteboarding in Cabarete because I had all my kite surfing gear on me. And I was like, I'm just going to hang out there for a couple months, pay cheap rent, eat affordable food, have a good time, kind of break and really think about like my next steps. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just go to the med next. I'll go to the med in April. I'll go away for a couple months. I'll, you know, start applying online now that I've got some day work experience and then I will try again. So that's what I did. Um, I was like really just worn out from all of that. And I just went away um, and yeah, I ended up like applying for jobs online, getting a lot of job offers. Um, um, and then I actually ended up flying myself over to the med to Barcelona on my way to Palma. And as I was on my way to Palma, I literally got, um, a call from, or a message first from a captain that I had posted on a Facebook group. Um, and he offered me a job back in the Dominican Republic. And I was just like, oh my God, are you serious? I literally just came from there and I just flew all the way to Europe and had to deal with jet lag. And now you're saying you want me to fly all the way back to Dominican after a week or two of being in Spain. I was just like, no. But at the same time, I was like, yay, because I just got a job online, which means I don't have to dock walk in, in, in the med. I don't have to stay in a crew house. I can literally just go and have a job. So yeah, I took the job. I'd asked a lot of questions this time. It seemed like a really good boat. It was a Dexty position. Um, the owner was a kite surfer. The captain was an Italian guy. He seemed super chill. He said that the cook stew, chief stew basically was his girlfriend. Um, and he described that she was nice, but she was eventually going to leave. And then I would kind of take, you know, we'd get somebody else in. Um, so I was like, you know what? It sounds great. It sounds easy. I'm going to go for it. Let's do this. Um, so yeah, I went over there, went, got my, you know, first permanent job experience finally after months of searching and holidaying. Um, and yeah, I will not jump into that story though, for, because I want to save that story for another episode to really tell you guys what happened. And some of you guys already know, um, this experience turned out to be quite awful. Um, to the point where I got bullied, belittled, abused, and I will get into all of that in another episode. But yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys that my beginning experience of breaking into yachting wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. So that's just a little disclaimer for you guys that be prepared to kind of filter through some bad boats and not so great jobs, especially when you are new to the industry, right? It's not 
going to be as glamorous as you think it is. But that doesn't mean you should lose hope and lose faith and stop searching because I still ended up finding really good job experiences after that. I worked on a charter boat after um, as a deckhand. So I finally found my position a few months after that. So there is hope, guys. And like I said, there's a lot of good boats out there. And a lot of my friends who are in that industry have had amazing experiences. So I will get into more of those stories in another podcast. Um, But yeah, that is my two cents on the super yacht industry, on my experience of breaking in as a greenie. Um, And just remember that you've got this. Um, You know, you have the ability to take action on your goals. It's in you to make your dreams come true, to create your reality, and to know that you deserve a good job and that you deserve this financial freedom and that you can manifest your dream job because that's what I learned to do after. And this is something I also teach uh, my clients inside my mastermind to do. This is what I teach Uh, my clients that I work one-on-one with. Um, So in my program, I work with women mainly inside the mastermind, um, but I do do coaching one-on-one for men. So if you guys are new, you're interested, you are feeling like you want some help, you want some help for these first steps, then I will be honored to connect with you to see if we're the right fit to work together and to really help you navigate your first steps in yachting, and of course, then learn how to thrive on board. So thank you so much for listening, guys. um, And I will catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you a part of this journey with me. If you resonated with this episode, then please share this on your Instagram story and tag me at the Black Sheep Travels so that I can say a massive thank you and show you my appreciation. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Please share this with your friends or anyone you know that would enjoy this podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about me or how we can work together, then please visit my website, www.theblacksheeptravels.com. You can also subscribe to my email list so that you can stay in the loop for podcast drops, blogs, freebies, info about my coaching packages, my ebook, and upcoming courses and books. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you here.